Hello, good people. You're listening to Startup Berg, the podcast dedicated to highlighting the Steel City's growing startup community. I'm your host, Adam Simone. Let's get started. Okay, well, we've got another exciting episode here. We've got Courtney Powell, uh, uh, the owner of Kinsman Shop on Butler Street here in our very own Pittsburgh. We're sitting in her shop right now in the back room. Courtney, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Yeah, I am too. This is a really, really cool space. And we just talked for like 20 minutes about your background and your story. So <laughs> I'm excited to kind of get that on tape and have our listeners hear about you. You're the first retail um, startups entrepreneur story we've had on the show. That's awesome. It's it's exceptionally exciting because I have no background in retail, so yeah. we can talk a little <laughs> bit more about that soon. I'm sure. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I think at the at the core of it, it's like a it's just like a nice story of how um, you know finding something that you're really passionate about doing mm-hmm. and then like committing to it and and learning it, right? Definitely. Yeah. Hundred so percent. Can you just? Uh, I think maybe a nice place to start is it's a beautiful shop. You've got a really nice space here. Tell us a little bit about Kinsman. Yeah, definitely. So Kinsman is a men's shop at its core. Uh, we opened up about seven months ago, I think. Wow, yeah, so mid-June. pretty recently. Pretty fresh, yeah, yeah, pretty recently. So it's very much a work in progress, mm-hmm. um, but hopefully it doesn't feel too much like a work in progress. <laughs> no, it feels very established. Oh, good, good, I'm glad. Um, so yeah, uh, Kinsman um, was born out of a couple things, largely the need for menswear. It just felt so lacking in Pittsburgh. Um, And the idea behind Kinsman is that it's this kind of simple, classic, um, everyday stuff. So I, you know, people sometimes ask me about fashion. I don't know anything about fashion. um, But what I do have a good sense of is, you know, what we wear every day. Right. Um, And so that's what Kinsman is here for. I want guys to come in and be able to feel like, you know, this is what their ideal closet looks like. They can kind of yeah. pick out any couple of things and it's all going to go together. They don't have to think too much about it. That's they, what you know. I want as a yeah. guy. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Like, you know, we all want to kind of look put together and right. look good, but who has the time to think that much about it? And it can be very overwhelming, especially when you're at, you know, big box retail stores and there's just a ton of stuff everywhere. And yeah. you're like, oh, how do I put together something that looks decent? So this is almost like, uh, you know, what you've created here in your space is like a curated, like if you, whatever you pick out, it's all going to work together. Yes, exactly, exactly that. So you'll find that there's not a ton of product lining the shelves and the yeah. walls here, but that's by design. Mm. It's, um, I think, a very intentionally curated shop. At least that's what I aim okay. for. <laughs> um, and yeah, the idea is, pick whatever you want. It's all going to go together. Don't stress it, you know, whatever yeah. you're drawn to and then go out and wear it every day if you want to. Yeah. I mean, the everyday menswear thing is great. Yeah. Um, how would you describe like the feel that you've created here? I think that the feel is, um, kind of, well, it's a little bit different in the back room. So I'll speak to kind of kinsmen in the yeah, front room. Absolutely. Um, so it's minimal and it's, clean and it's simple mm-hmm. but it's still warm kind of classically rugged I think that I love that term because okay. it's like it's classic um cuts and pieces like you'll be able to buy them and wear them for the next five years um so it's well made and it's an investment um but there's still this like little touch of rugged just a little something maybe yeah. it's in the fabric or maybe it's in the buttons um but that's that's a style that I'm really drawn to okay um so that's 
kind of the fabric of the store. Yeah, that, I think that's that's great. It's uh, good to get kind of the inside view because no one can see it yeah. <laughs> when they're listening. Right. Uh, but yeah, if you guys are listening, you should uh, definitely come by because I really like the vibe. Uh, oh, I was actually, uh, I met Courtney because I, I bought a hat for a Christmas gift yeah. like a couple months ago. I just walked in and I was like, this probably has something that will work. And it did. So thank you. Yeah, I'm so glad that it did. And those hats are really awesome because um, I designed them, so you, you did. You can only get them oh, wow. at Kinsmen. They're, they're yeah. awesome. They're like such a. They feel like a, such a throwback to. It's a baseball cap mm-hmm. with like the Pittsburgh P Pirates on it. Yeah, that's what I was going for. So the original colors of the Pirates had these navies, whites, grays, eventually a little bit of red, which is obviously a very different colorway than what we see in the city now. That's right. <laughs> um, but I loved that, and I thought that was great, and I thought it would work really well with um, these. Ebbets Field Vintage, that's who manufactured the hat. Oh, yeah. And they have these gorgeous fabrics that just speak to that time. Um, so, yeah, I designed them around that. We call them the Flying Dutchman Collection after Hannes Wagner, who played, you know, during right. that time. So great. Uh, yeah, yeah. So it has a really cool feel to it. And they're, they're you know, custom to Kinsmen, which is why I love them, actually. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. So, there. I mean, look, there's a lot to talk about Kinsmen, I think. But I would love to jump back and hear a little bit about your story because it is, um, as you put it, nonlinear. And, and there's a lot of interesting things there because a lot of people listening, I'm assuming, are interested in starting a business or maybe own one of their own. And uh, and, and if, if they haven't taken the leap yet um, or haven't found their passion, you know, maybe hearing your story can uh, get them into that mode. Yeah, most definitely. And I I like how you put that, like, haven't found their passion, because I think a fallacy that we often grow up with is, like, follow your passions. Mm. And you're like, well, what am I passionate about? (laughs) You know, I I never, you know, there were some things I hope to find out when I grow up, too. (laughs) Right, yeah, same here. I'm still working on it. Um, But it's not something that you just, you know, wake up and know, necessarily. Maybe a a select few that always wanted to be the doctor, always wanted to do X, Y, Z. But I was never one of those people. There's yeah, if that were the case, I'd be a Siberian tiger trainer right? and not very practical. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so I I don't know. I kind of grew up being interested in a bunch of different things, but not ever certain what I wanted to, you know, quote unquote, be when I grow up. Sure. Um, when I was in sixth grade, we had to do a project about our dream job, and mine was the CEO of a major corporation. Wow. I know, isn't that, oh God. That's so sad. It's, I know, it makes me sad thinking about it. But I was very, so I was very driven. Mm-hmm. I just didn't know what direction I was supposed to be driven in. And business was kind of like, um, I don't want to say glorified, but just like a safe bet. Mm, you know what I mean? Right. Um, and I grew up in a small town. It, there weren't a lot of people doing, you know, these crazy entrepreneurial things or even anything really in a creative field. It was just, um, kind of cut and dry. So when I went to college at Penn state, I thought, well, marketing seems to be the most fun of the business stuff, right? Typically (laughs) with that sentiment. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, um, so that's what I studied. I studied marketing. Um, I also did a film minor because I really liked film. Oh, okay. I thought it would be great. Yeah. Um, and I thought maybe I could do marketing in the film industry. Okay. You know, I, I don't know. Yeah. It seemed like it's business, but it's fun business. <laughs> right. It's starting to form that shape of what you might want to do. Right, right. Um, so I was always trying to reach out to people in that industry, but I was I went to school at Penn State. I was from Pennsylvania. I knew no one, you know, in that world. Um, and so I ended up, 
doing some internships that were not at all related to that, but very much related to marketing. Okay. So I interned at Dannon, the yogurt company, um, in their marketing department, and I interned at GE Transportation, Yeah. where I did a little bit of marketing, also a little bit of a supply chain stuff. Ooh, exciting. Yeah. <laughs> Woo. <laughs> Although probably useful for what you're doing now. Definitely useful, yeah. undeniably useful, um, but just really, uh, you know, they're, they're both good companies, obviously, um, both large companies, GE's huge. Yeah. But, uh, the work wasn't really engaging to me. I couldn't imagine coming in and kind of doing this work and focusing on one product every day, year over year. Um, and so I thought, you know, I, I can't go into something like that. Okay. But that was kind of typical at Penn State, like the traditional paths were, um, you know, if you were studying marketing, going into fortune 500 consumer products company and doing marketing there. So that's kind of what was pushed. But I learned about consulting, about management consulting. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, which is funny in retrospect. But at the time, that was like, that was something different. Right. I'd be able to work on all different types of projects with different types of clients. I mean, at the time, it kind of fit your criteria, right? You're thinking, I can't do the same thing over and over again, come in and sit at this desk, you know, 360 days a year. Mm -hmm. So management consulting ticks those boxes. Exactly. That was exactly it. And I thought, you know, I could travel everywhere. This is going to be really exciting. And people seem to think it was a really great field to go into. I got a lot of positive feedback from everyone in my life at that point. Um, so I thought like, yeah, this is it. I was so excited. I even, um, part of the whole journey is, um, going away for two years and getting your MBA and coming back. Right. So in the summer before I started my job where most people were going off and traveling or doing something fun, I studied for the GMATs and I took them and I was like ready to be ahead of the game. That's right. Yeah. Oh man. So yeah, I, I went into management consulting and I did strategy and operations consulting for two years. Mm-hmm. Um, I worked on a lot of different types of projects. Um, I worked in consumer products. I worked in healthcare. I worked in uh, power and utilities, um, all sorts of stuff. So and you got the variety. I got the variety. And you got to travel. And I got I got to travel a lot, lots of different places. Now, a lot of people who don't travel for business look at it as a very glamorous activity. Tell me from your experience, what do you think? Yeah, <laughs> it's actually one of the easiest things to make make it sound awesome. You know what I mean? If yeah. I tell you I'm, oh, you know, I'm, I'm working in Denver this week and then for the weekend I'm going to go to Mexico and just right. like, hang out and then uh, head to San Francisco and then, you know, to Arkansas, I think the week after that, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, oh man, that's so cool. Um, but it's the most draining thing you could do. Yeah. So, never sleep in your own bed, always never. eating out. Uh, yeah. And it's, um, oh my gosh. So f- yeah. at minimum you're, I was, Flying out on Mondays, flying back on Thursdays. Yeah. Oftentimes I was going somewhere for a weekend just to get away. Right. <laughs> um, I was in my apartment maybe one weekend a month. Mm-hmm. Um, I never paid for food, so that's the positive. But you, when you eat out for every single meal, it's, oh, it, it takes a toll on you. It's really tough. It does. It weighs on you. It weighs. Sure. Yeah, like literally and figuratively. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> um, so management yeah. consulting, maybe not ticking all of your boxes or you had new boxes that you didn't even know. I think I had new boxes because yeah. it ticked the original ones and I was there and I'm like, I, you know, the travel is one thing and I am totally fine with travel if the work is very fulfilling and I'm like sure. super excited about it. But this was, you know, aside from all of that, working on a good week, 65 hours a week, on a normal week, 75, 80, and on yeah. a bad one, <laughs> upwards of 100. And it was just, yeah. oh, I, it wasn't work that was engaging to me. No. You know, if, if it's some people and that's awesome. But um, 
I didn't feel like I was having any sort of impact. So I was doing all this work and churning through all these hours. And um, at, at the end of it, I didn't know why. Yeah. You know, and very rarely would you ever see anyone do anything with it. So I'm like, well, I, what am I doing here? No creativity, at least the type that I, I was searching for. Yeah. No real impact. So I was like, we got to do something else. We got to figure something else <laughs> okay, out. Great. And I started to get kind of desperate. Oh, <laughs> I was like, yeah. I, you know, I, <laughs> That's I the was, best time to start looking for a yeah, job right? when you're desperate. <laughs> <laughs> so I was um, so unhappy, but I wasn't sure what should come next. Right. I, didn't, I thought this was the thing, yeah. and it clearly wasn't. No. Um, so I just started kind of desperately applying to all sorts of places, every company you could imagine. I, um, I wanted to do work in marketing. That's what I studied, and I wasn't doing a lot of that in consulting. Um, so I thought that would be the right direction. And I wanted somewhere that just had a bit more of a creative environment. I didn't know what that meant. I just like somewhere that was doing something in the creative field. Yeah. So, um, after applying, interviewing, considering a ton of different jobs in a ton of different fields, I kind of came down to two. So I had an offer at Google, Mm -hmm. um, which sounded out in California. Yeah. Out in Mountain View. Um, or had an offer at deep local Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. (laughs) Yeah. And, uh, you know, Google, Google was Google. It's, you know, exactly what you're getting into. Right. Um, and it has a lot of kind of its own prestige that comes with that. Mm-hmm. Um, but you've chased prestige before. I had. And it did not work for you. And it did not. <laughs> um, and then there was Deep Local. And I didn't know much about Deep Local, to be honest. Um, I knew they were an innovation studio. I wasn't sure what that meant. Right. <laughs> um, they had some interesting work on their site. I had visited, uh, I think twice at that point and I knew the environment was super cool. Like nothing I've ever known. Um, but I still didn't have a full handle on like what the day to day would be like and what the work was. But I ended up taking a risk and I chose deep local, Okay, which, um, was probably small company then, right? 10, 20 people. I was the, like the 20th person. Okay. Great. Yeah. So very small, very different from a Google, but you know, I thought, the job that I was looking at at Google was not something I was super interested in. And I was kind of banking everything off of the environment, um, in the name, the brand. Yes. And I thought I, I can't just prolong the same feelings, you know, just push them to a different job. And That's I think right. people do that so often. They do. Um, and I thought I, nothing's going to change unless I, I actually change something. Um, so I took a risk and I went to deep local. I love it. I think the best avenue into entrepreneurship is joining uh, entrepreneurship. <laughs> I, I completely agree. And I think, um, you know, it's interesting. I was just talking to a Penn State student who had come to Pittsburgh to come to my shop and okay. talk to me about entrepreneurship. Oh, wow. Yeah. He, he's, he has a major in entrepreneurship or is yeah. studying that, which okay. I guess is a, a field That's of a study now. Thing now. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, I think that a lot of kids who are kind of in school and, and want to chase that think that they have to graduate and be an entrepreneur. And right. I don't think that that's the case. I don't think so either. No, yeah. working at Deep Local prepared me more than anything possibly Absolutely. could have. So yes, I joined, I was uh, the 20th person. We were a small company doing the work of a very big company. Right. Um, we worked with very big clients. So when like I joined, Google. <laughs> yeah, Google, Google was one of our main clients. Um, we were working with Old Navy. We were working with Nike, Nat Geo. So, mm-hmm. I mean, big name clients. And um, so what an innovation studio does, or at least what ours did, was kind of, um, is a bit of advertising, but nothing traditional. It is not your banner ads, your commercials, anything like that. Sure. Um, so what we did was more experiential and more making. Um, so, for example, 
two falls ago, we transformed Times Square into a pumpkin patch, <laughs> and we built robots that carve photos into pumpkins. And <laughs> this was all so for Google cool. Photos. It was amazing. Yeah. Oh, it was my favorite project. Um, or for Netflix, a client that um, that we ended up taking on while I was at the company, mm-hmm. we built uh, what's called Netflix socks. And if you were wearing the socks and watching Netflix and you fell asleep, it would pause your show when you fell asleep. So good. <laughs> yeah, so it's, it's, it's thinking about marketing in a different way. Yeah. And truly, it, you know, in the present state of things, I think that marketing can be successful in two ways. One, if it's hyper-native, or one, if it's very disruptive. Mm-hmm. And we were operating on the disruptive side. So it was amazing. Oh my gosh, the work was incredible. The people that I worked with were some of the most talented people I've ever known. In that sort of environment where you're doing you know, marketing, advertising, but a ton of making, I was working alongside software engineers and graphic designers and industrial designers who were furniture makers in a past life, um, mechanical engineers and electrical engineers. I mean, you had the whole gamut there. Um, so it was amazing and it was, so stimulating, it was challenging. It was was something completely different. All of that. Yeah. And I felt like I really had an impact both an impact on the company that I was working for mm. when you're 20 people, you of course kind of have to, yeah. <laughs> um, I was managing a lot of revenue. I was, I was helping to bring in a lot. Um, so I felt like I really had a, a very tangible stake in how that company was growing and yeah. shaping. Um, but also with the end users and the people who are experiencing it, like when you put together something like a pumpkin patch in the middle of New York city and you're there and you see the people experiencing it, there, yeah. there's Oh my gosh, there's nothing like it. Truly, it was amazing. Um, so how do you go from what sounds like <laughs> pretty much perfect for you at this point yeah. to saying um, you know, goodbye to this growing, dynamic uh, company and, and, and workplace to, to starting your own business? What, where, where, where did that come from? Yeah, it's a good question because I really was happy and I loved everyone there. But there is there's still something kind of nagging at me. Okay. Um, and I couldn't put my finger on what it was, but I just felt like there's still something, there's still more that I wanted to do and I wanted to try. I had known it was kind of in the creative field because now I was immersed in it. Now I was learning more about what is the creative field and what are the different avenues of it instead of this ambiguous, like creative work. Yeah. (laughs) Now I was thinking about, you know, design and different types of design and strategy and what that means in a creative capacity and and things like that. Um, and you know, a lot of what we did centered around technology and I was starting to learn that I didn't have the passion for technology that I thought maybe I could have before. Yeah. So, you know, I was so happy there, but I knew that there's, there's something more that was maybe better suited to me and the work that I wanted to do. Okay. Um, and it took a while to figure that out. I, I wasn't like, um, oh, you know, I'll open a men's shop. <laughs> uh, <know>? Yeah. <laughs> Light bulb. <laughs> uh, yeah, right, right. We talk about um, having to find out what your passions are. I think that's a, a very long discovery process that oh, I'm still often in the midst lifelong. of. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So I started to, you know, read a lot of different books and listen to different podcasts. And um, I started reading like The Great Discontent, which I don't know if you're familiar, but Oh my gosh, it's yeah. an amazing uh, website, <laughs> magazine, all people who felt kind of like a similar thing For that sure. I had felt. Yeah. Um, and I started just really paying attention and kind of working on myself and seeing, understanding like, what was I drawn to? And I was thinking, you know, not what the end goal is, like 
it's not what do I want to do for the rest of my life by any means, but it was what's the next step that's going to feel right, mm. you know? And I think that makes it's it an important w- distinction. I think it's an extremely important distinction. I think is, um, I would say a life changing distinction because I think when before all I'd been thinking about like is what is this end goal? Yeah. And it's paralyzing in a way because you don't know what it is. And if you have an idea, it seems so far that you're like, well, surely, you know, that's not made for me. Right. <laughs> um, but when you start thinking about it, like what's one step forward I can take in the right direction yes. that changes everything because suddenly it's accessible and it's like, it may be hard, but I can take one step. So what was that first step that you identified? Um, the, for, <laughs> the first step that I identified is that I have to do something for myself. Okay. Um, yeah. which is a big one. Like I, you know, I had, um, obviously been putting in a lot of time when I wasn't at work trying to figure out the sort of things I was drawn to, but I knew it was in the creative field. I have, Mm. I really, really love design, but I knew that I loved it in a physical capacity. Okay. Um, so I wasn't so drawn to like graphic design um, or digital design. Um, and it, I was very drawn to physical. I was very drawn to experience-based things. It's something that I learned when I was at Deep Local. When we got to do those things like Pumpkin Patch, where it was creating an experience that someone's going to walk into and feel something. Yeah. Um, that was like, whew, that, that was fine that, for that me. That spoke to your core. That really did. And I'm like, but what does that mean? How does that translate yeah, into something? What's, where's the business? <laughs> yeah. So there's, a, there's you know, a couple of intersections um, that led me to to ending up opening a men's shop. Um, I'd always been interested in having a shop of my own for no real reason. When I was younger and through college, I wanted to uh, like someday own a bookshop. Yeah. I was told in my college career that print was dying and that was a failed business plan. (laughs) I'm like, Oh, okay. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, when I was getting ready to leave Deloitte, I thought it would be cool to open a mom and baby shop. And Mm. I don't know, anything about moms and babies to be clear. Okay, there you go. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm never, you know, even around babies really. Yeah. But at the time, my boyfriend and I were living um, in Sewickley. Uh, mm. if, if you're familiar, you know, it's a town out by the airport. Um, and there's a ton of young families, a lot of there moms are. and babies, no baby store. And, and you know, um, the town the town can spend on things like that. For sure. So I thought it could kill. So there's something like, I've always kind of wanted to do this, but I'm always looking at the business opportunity at the same time. Right. Um, but I just wasn't ready to jump into something at that point, mm. you know? So I ended up going to deep local and now we're living, um, in the strip district at the time, frequenting Lawrenceville and kind of like, you know, the different neighborhoods of the city. My boyfriend, um, anytime he wanted to get clothes, we're like, you know, it's big box around here going out to the mall is the worst yeah, or at yes, least you know literally we think so <laughs> um so we would go to online and we found yep. some really awesome brands um but i don't know buying online is so if you're in between sizes at all it's hard probably it's sending it back or yeah. yeah um and throughout my travels um both with deloitte and deep local because i was traveling um for different activations yeah. and stuff um i'd seen all of these amazing cool men's shops I'm like, right. something like this would kill in Pittsburgh. It's like the right time for it here. It felt yeah. like that. Um, you know, so many exciting things were happening in the city. Like the food scene was exploding. Right. There's a lot of tech presence and people coming into the city that weren't here before. People, yeah, living here. <laughs> exactly. And I felt like, you know, the entrepreneurial community, the creative community was really growing and kind of taking off. Um, for sure. I felt like there is this... Uh, niche of men who would really respond to this um, but there's kind of nothing for them at the time and I'm like whoa man when's someone going to do that and I kind of started thinking about it I'm like 
I, I could do that. Yeah. <laughs> but you start off saying that and it seems so far fetched. It's like, oh yeah, I could open a men's shop, <laughs> you know? Um, and it's easy to say, but then you start thinking about But again, about it. there's like, you know, that's almost like that goal. And you're like, well, wait, what's the first step I need to get to that opening that men's shop? Exactly. Exactly. And I started, <laughs> I didn't know what I was doing <laughs> at all. You know, to be clear, uh, my boyfriend had his own company and he had been doing some entrepreneurial stuff for you know, a couple years. Yeah. Um, but nothing like a brick and mortar goods based, you know, it's a different endeavor. machine. It's an entirely different machine. So I'm like, well, okay. Um, I feel like there should be a brand. I feel like there should be a name and a logo. That's like, yeah, <laughs> Let, let's start there. Okay, great. <laughs> um, and so I, uh, started talking with a friend of mine and I'm like, Oh, what if it was this? What if it was this? Um, and I did some of this stuff that's like easy to check boxes off of. Like I registered for an EIN, which yeah. is not hard to do. You right. can do it in a second. Um, and all the while it's, I was doing these things, but it's like, I could have backed out at any time, mm -hmm. you know? Um, I figured out a name and, uh, worked with a really great guy, Danny Gerwin to get to a logo that I really liked. Yeah. And we got there and it was real. And I'm like, Oh, whoa. <laughs> you know, it felt like a really solid first step. Absolutely. And meanwhile, I was talking to different business owners in the area, just trying to get a sense of like, how did you do it? What was it like? Right. And I found that there was... Did you just like walk in, knock on their door and ask yep. them? Yeah, it's great. <laughs> I, I walked into um, Tollgate Revival and mm. I'm like, hey, my name's Courtney. I see that you've done this. I think it'd be cool to do something like this. Yeah. How did you do and it? And you'll find that people are very willing to share. Oh, yeah. So yeah. willing, I, especially in Lawrenceville. Um, and I'm sure in other neighborhoods, too. But I focus a lot of time in Lawrenceville because there's a lot of really great spots right. that I loved. Um, the community is so supportive and so open. Hmm. I don't know if it's like that in every city, but I think it's something special. Um, so yeah, I would ask all these questions and I, I'm a thinker, I'm a planner yeah. and I've always, um, truthfully been kind of risk averse. Okay. So this is not, you know, something, this is pretty risky. <laughs> yeah. Taking a leap like this was not something that was just like easy for me, right. you know? So you did a lot of pre-work. I did a lot of pre-work and I, in talking to all the business owners, I realized there's no, um, there's nothing like prescriptive. Like there's no set of steps that everyone follows to ensure success. Right. Which is really what I was hoping for. <laughs> <laughs> Dang. You know, um, maybe you can write that later. <laughs> no, right. I, I love, um, I love process and, yeah. um, things like that. And you're just totally, out there, um, seeing if something will work. So yeah, I, I went through, I talked to a bunch of people. I learned there's no right way. You just have to do it. It's never going to feel right. Just take the leap. Mm -hmm. Um, I got the logo down. I, uh, registered the LLC and things like that. I started contacting brands, just brands that my boyfriend and I had purchased from that. I knew I liked their stuff. Right. And I'm like, Hey, I'm opening a store. Here's what it's called. Here's what it's all about. It will be in Pittsburgh. I'd love to carry you. And they, they'd be like, yeah, it sounds great. I'm like, oh my gosh, what if I just made all that up? You know? That's like, awesome. They believe me. <laughs> yeah. And I felt like such an imposter almost. Okay. And I wasn't, I was genuinely going yeah. down this path, but I felt like, oh my gosh, they bought it. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I got away with it. <laughs> I felt like I was pulling one over on someone. Huh. Um, but one by one, these people said yes. Yep. Um, I started to order some inventory. Okay. And then before I knew it, I had a brand, uh, a logo, a name, I had a room in my apartment full of men's clothes. Yeah. <laughs> like, shoot. 
but still I could have backed out. You know mm. what I mean? Still, I was going through all this and still I could have said like, no, I'm not going to so do it. So you weren't, you weren't yet in that mindset where like, this is 100% happening. I was, I was operating as if it was, but in the back of my mind, it's like, there was an out. Is this real? Yeah, there yeah. was an out. It kind of didn't feel real. It felt like I was playing <laughs> out some fantasy land, you know? Right, right. Um, and all the while I was looking at space and space was really hard. That was like the, for me, at least the hardest thing. Um, because you want to be in a great neighborhood. You right. want to be in a great location. I didn't have any sort of brand recognition to start with. So I was really hesitant to try to make myself a destination at the onset. Yeah. Um, but you know, trying to find a space that is available and reasonably priced and you know, how long did it take location. you? It took me, let's see, I started looking in, uh, July and I found a space in March. It took a long time. Yeah. But I was also like, I would, I would be on it and I would do it and I'd get really discouraged and I'd step away for sure, a little no, bit. Sure, no, that's and, fair. You know, kind of go back and <laughs> forth. Um, and I was really close to signing a lease that I didn't feel great about. Okay. And um, like two days before I was supposed to go drop it off at um, wherever the location was, three places in Lawrenceville became available. And I'm like, the universe. Yeah, here it you provided. Are. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so now you have this amazing space. I have this amazing You have space. inventory. You've got a brand. yeah. And you've just done, you know, a few years of strategy and marketing and Mm -hmm. like, so did you think like, can I parlay this into my new endeavor? Yeah, I think, um, so I had all of, all the pieces were in place. Yeah. I felt like all the experiences I've had thus far, even in consulting, which I didn't love at all, but was so valuable. Right. You know what I mean? Um, so I felt ready at that point I had put almost a year into planning for this right um so I I had done my due diligence I felt um I guess as ready as I was going to be okay um and that's when I let my work know that I would be you know moving on to something else which is so difficult so you were doing this all in the background all in the back nights and weekends of course and mornings it's a great way to start yeah I know it's a great way to start I think I don't know I didn't have um the financial luxury to just quit a job and work on something like that. Um, I don't think that's necessarily a smart way to do things either. Um, so yeah, I was working on this kind of in every spare moment I had, um, leading up to it. And, uh, I had felt like all the things I had done had kind of prepared me to do this on my own. I've always been kind of left brain, right brain balance. So I'm mm. like, this will be a great way to challenge both of those areas. Absolutely. You have your spreadsheets yeah. <laughs> and then you'll have your creative design. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And, uh, when I got into this space and I started putting it together, nothing felt more natural. Mm. You know, it just, uh, it felt so right. And that was really a good feeling. Yeah. So it was not, um, at that point there was no like, Oh shoot, should I do this? It was like, all right, we're going. This, We're is, do- happening. this is happening. <laughs> Definitely. Um, and so I, uh, yeah, so I was working on that when I ended up leaving uh, my company. It was the last day of May mm-hmm. and I opened the doors officially on June 18th. So um, I was doing a lot of work in the background. It yeah. was kind of two weeks of hustle, but there's no time to be like, oh shoot, what did I just do? It was all like, all right, great. Now get ready for yeah, launch. Yeah, let's go. Um, and then we launched and the doors were open. And how's it been going? (laughs) (laughs) It's been fantastic. It's been so good. Um, This neighborhood, Lawrenceville, is incredible. 
Um, I'm so happy to be here. The foot traffic is great. Yeah. Um, I've gotten a lot of positive response from people coming through. Um, so yeah, it's been seven months and it's, like I said, it's a work in progress. It's, it's still very much a work in progress. Um, but I'm really happy with the progress so far and I'm really right. excited about all the stuff I have yet to do that I still want to do. What's it like to own a retail shop? <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of crazy in a lot of different ways. I think um, you're here every day. Almost. I'm here every, yeah, six days a week and I do, I'm a one woman show, you know, yeah. I do everything from, um, the photography to the social, to the buying, to merchandising, to cleaning the bathroom, yeah. you know, it's, it's all on right. me. Um, <laughs> And I think that owning a retail shop is kind of crazy in some ways because I feel like I took over this space, I put some things in it, and people believe it's a store. And yeah. I guess it is. I mean, yeah. it is a store, yeah. you know? But you're like, oh, man, people are coming in and they, they see it as a store, and, and it feels like, crazy. Yeah. You know, it's yeah, like, oh, it's I put really this together. It's a really interesting perspective. It's yeah. almost like um, you know, physical space imposter syndrome. <laughs> yeah, yes, exactly, exactly like, that. I'm not sure I'm a store yet, but yeah, you are. <laughs> but I am, yeah, I have that feeling all the time. Yeah. Um, so it's it's really great, and I love, like I mentioned before, I love um, the physical experience of something. Mm -hmm. So, and, and you know, I think um, a lot of people have opinions about brick-and-mortar retail right now, you know, as um, sure. just an idea, and everything's going online, and brick-and-mortar's doomed and everything. Um, which I don't believe at all. And I think that the majority of retail still occurs offline. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, it's different when you're looking at what that means for a huge company versus what that means for a very small business. Absolutely. And I think where brick and mortar retail survives is when it's experience driven. Yes. And so, so to me the whole time it's not been, I'm going to put some products in a store and sell you products. It's I'm going to create this brand and create a lifestyle around this brand and I'm going to put the products in place that kind of empower that brand to exist and that lifestyle to exist. And when you come in, I want you to feel like, wow, this is like, you know, this is like the life I want to design for myself. Right. And I want you to feel like, um, you know, the pieces are tools you can use to build that life in some way. Yeah. Um, you're probably hopefully not thinking about it at that level, but that's, <laughs> you know, that's kind of what I'm thinking. I don't about. know. I'm sitting here. I'm like, if you want to come in, redo my house. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Happy <looks> <laughs> to. But that's the thing too. So it's interesting. Um, so I have, um, Kinsman and I love Kinsman. I'm building out this back room that we're sitting in right yeah. now to be Wilson and Wallace general store. Okay. So it'll be like a shop and shop, um, experience yeah. and back here will be more of a, you know, kind of a different vibe. We'll be bringing in some really cool products and, um, you know, just really letting the space dictate what goes in it. So where we mm. have like the beams and the brick back here, you get this more lived in feeling than in the front. That's very kind of clean and white. And stuff right. Like right. Um, so I thought, you know, it's a great duality that you have that opportunity. I think so too. And if I can get two experiences in one space, like that's amazing to me. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of what's, what I'm going to be focusing on for, you know, spring moving into summer is really turning this space back here and my back patio into, um, more of its own experience. Um, and then I'm also personally, I've, uh, started taking on photography and styling, um, and interiors as well. So Oh, yeah. To me, Kinsman and, and owning a store was never necessarily an end goal. Like mm. I said, I'm not thinking about an end goal. I never right. am. But I'm always thinking about what's one step I can take, one more step I can take. Yeah. Um, and so doing work for other people in terms of photography or styling um, and interiors, it's like now I can take all the stuff that I love doing and I've kind of learned how to do for myself and do even more of it. Yeah, yeah. It's a nice way to like 
expand it out and, and, and gain exposure to different opportunities Most and definitely. experiences. And the beautiful thing about Kinsman and Wilson and Walls is that they're mine and yeah. I can, I can mess it up as many times and you try things out want. here and see how people respond. And it's great to have kind of that, uh, playground, if you will, yeah. and then go do it for other people, you know, based on what I've learned here. Right. So how lucky it's very, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's all kinds of lucky and fortunate and, but a, and lot, a lot of hard, of hard work, work too. Yeah. yeah. I did not mean to. <laughs> no, oh my gosh, no, yeah. but I, it's all of that, you know? Yeah. Um, and the reason I say that is because I used to look at different people doing stuff they thought was really cool and think how lucky and not thinking necessarily I that. that I could do that, yeah. that I could feasibly do that. Right. And now here I am. And I think that the me from first year after college, looking at the me now would be so surprised and excited mm. but so surprised that this is something that I could feas- a path yeah. I could feasibly follow I don't think you could have ever seen it no no <laughs> not at all not at all um, and that's why it's like all I could see is kind of one step in front of me and then that's here I am <laughs> well I I think it's I think it's amazing it's a really really cool story Thank and you. I like <laughs> I like what you're doing here so um, yeah I mean I, I usually ask like what do you see for the next 12 months of your, your journey. I mean, you've, you've, you've kind of already touched upon that. I mean, yeah. um, I, I, I'm not sure I've I, you know, mentioned this to you before, but I like to have people on and then I want you on in a year oh, and I cool. want to see what happened. I want to see what happens too. Yeah. So if you could tell yourself in a year, um, you know, where, or, you know, what you expect to be, where, where do you think you'll be? So I think I'll be here at Kinsman. Mm-hmm. Hopefully it won't be just me in a year. Okay, yeah. Future me, please figure that out. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I I hope Kinsman will be um, known as a part of the community. Um, and I want it to feel like this thriving, wonderful place where if you have a friend in town, you're going to stop at Kinsman. Yeah. And you're going to come say hi to me and we're going to have a great conversation. I love that part about That's owning so cool. a shop. Yeah. Um, and I think I want the back room to feel like this super cool general store, yeah. totally like its own vibe. Okay. Um, I really want this backspace to take on an identity of its own by that point. Okay. Um, and I want to be doing interiors and photography and styling for all different sorts of people. <laughs> yeah. Really, I honestly, because I feel like I'm in this like um, the very early stages of um, whatever this thing is that I want to be doing. Okay. And a year from now, I want to be doing it just in a more blown out capacity. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I don't see yeah. why you wouldn't be able to. Yeah. I don't see why not either. I, well, I, <laughs> I'm going to keep working really I hard to make so. sure I can. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, I mean, thanks for like setting up a, another Pittsburgh, like hopefully an institution here. I mean, it's, yeah. uh, the, the growth that we're experiencing here is because of the people that are putting the time and the effort into it. So yeah, it's insane to be a part of that. Yeah. When I was in consulting, all I wanted was to be a part of a community, mm-hmm. which I never knew was important to me until I didn't have it. And I mm-hmm. thought, oh, if I could just, you know, go into a coffee shop and maybe like the person working there would know my name or like have right. the place that I always love going to the restaurant. I always take people to and like the yoga studio that I'm a regular at. That'd be amazing. It's just like a personal, personal connection, a personal touch. Yeah. And now it's I've taken it one step further where I'm trying to build something that's a part of that where people can come in and I yeah, know their name and yeah. you know, they can have a great conversation and create the world you want to live in. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. A hundred percent. And I'm so grateful to be doing that. Yeah. So if people want to follow you or check you out or come in and see the store, like what, yeah. how do they find you? How do they find Kinsman? Well, the very, very best way is Instagram because that's, I'm, I put so much time and effort on there. Okay. 
mostly because I love it. Yeah. <laughs> I just love, I love, um, you know, the visuality of it. Totally. Um, so I, that's the best way to get at me. Um, but on our website, there's an email address on there. Everything goes to me. Okay. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, kinsmanshop.com. Um, check it out. Shoot me an email. You know, let's do something. Cool. Um, two last questions. Yes. I ask everyone these. Um, first question, is there another entrepreneur or a maker or creative in Pittsburgh that you think I should talk to and bring to my audience? Yeah. Well, honestly, there's so many. I could give you a very long list, but um, yes. <laughs> I'll, I'll give you two that okay. I think are really cool because they're different. Um, so one is Seth, who owns Tollgate Revival. Okay. It's, um, it's retail, but it's so different. Um, and Seth is kind of like an American picker. Uh, if, I don't mm. know if you've ever seen that uh, TV show, mm-hmm. but um, he's going out to these flea markets and finding really awesome things. And, you know, it's kind of like an antique um shop of sorts and he's expanding in a lot of cool ways right now but um it's so well put together he's crafted a very distinct brand and i think he's done one of the best jobs of it in the city oh that's great um so so he's just like a really interesting guy super low-key also had a really kind of cool path okay um and just the work is so cool yeah and you don't necessarily think of like you know, a picker to be like a 20 something year old guy who's yeah, like, totally. you know what I mean? <laughs> but he, um, so he's awesome. Mm. And I think he does amazing work, um, that really resonates with people. Okay. And then, uh, the other person I would recommend is Danny Gerwin. Okay. Who I absolutely love. Um, we've, we've worked together on a couple of different things, but he did all the branding and letter work for yeah. Kinsman and our flying Dutchman collection and Wilson and Wallace. And, um, so Danny's a designer. He's a graphic designer. He does identity design mm-hmm. um, and hand lettering. And I think it's really cool um, because he's an, he's an entrepreneur of his own his own brand. It's like him. You know yeah, what I mean? That's absolutely. what he's selling. Um, and he's one of the most thoughtful designers I've ever encountered. Um, and he really takes the time to problem solve and challenge what you think and make sure that you're getting to a place that you really want to get to. Um, so I think his work is just phenomenal. I think that he is a super considerate, really thoughtful person. Okay. Um, so I always love to talk to him. I mean, that's perfect. Yeah. And especially a designer and someone that you want to like understand, truly understand what you're trying to get. Yeah, most definitely. So he's awesome. Okay, great. So Seth and Danny, um, last question, probably most important of the night. Yes. Um, favorite restaurant in Pittsburgh. Can I give you two? Yeah. I'm, I'm totally it's, cheating on both of these. No one likes <laughs> to just give one. <laughs> I know. I can't. Okay, two. One is the Vandal. Oh, yeah. Joey Hilty is an amazing man. Okay. Um, I think that his vision is so crystal clear, and mm. his execution is wonderful. You're the second person in a row to call out the Vandal. Really? So, yeah. Oh, shoot. <laughs> well, that's how you know it's good. Then. Yeah, absolutely. We like that. <laughs> yeah. You know, his, the environment is on point. The food is so, so wonderful. Yeah. Um, Chilla's head chef does such an amazing job. Um, so yeah, I, I love okay. everything about it there. Um, people often come in and ask for recommendations here. Sure. I always send them to the Vandal. Um, and then the other one that I love is Small Mangali. Oh, yeah. And I love Smallman for a couple of reasons. I mean, the food is incredible. Obviously. It's always a good time. The atmosphere is super fun. The concept is just the so cool. The concept is really great. 
Uh, so we talk about experiential. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> super, super experiential. And uh, yeah, so they're a restaurant incubator. Um, it's kind of like cafeteria, mess hall style. Um, they have four different chefs in there and they cycle yeah. out every 18 months. And the hope being that, you know, at least a couple of them will spin out and have their own restaurant. So great. So it's amazing. I mean, yeah. it's a great experience in and of itself, but what it's doing kind of for the community and and entrepreneurs in a different sort of way, I think is is awesome. Um, yeah, I, I mean, at some point in time, I'd love to have some of those chefs on because I think that is definitely an entrepreneurship activity. And it's, it's it, I mean, a lot of what's happening in Pittsburgh starts with the food that has been happening. Yes, absolutely. I think it's um, a huge source of um, growth for the city. So it's awesome. And, and actually, Ben and Tyler, who run Small McGalley, yeah. are really great guys, too. Right. You could add them to the list too, for sure, because they they have military background. They have a super very interesting yeah. story. So, huh. yeah, they'd be very cool to talk to. We'll also. have to get to them at some point. Definitely. I mean, that's the problem with this podcast is it's endless. Right? There's so many. I'm like, oh, man, let me give you 10 so people that I think would be great. Well, Courtney, I appreciate all of the recommendations, and thanks for telling your story. Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. This was so wonderful. And I look luck. forward to talking to you in a year. We'll see you in a year. <laughs> Thank you. Bye-bye.